0: Hello everybody and welcome back to the Game Bites Show podcast, the best podcast this side of the Mississippi. We are all from the west side of the United States. West side is the best side. My name is LeGrand Jolly, your host, and I am joined with Dale and Jeremy. Hello, guys.
1: What's up?
2: Hello.
0: Hey. How's it going? It's uh, November, middle of November, 18th, 2015. Anything uh, exciting
2: going on in your lives today? Jury duty. Uh,
1: Tomorrow, that is. We'll see how that goes. Are
2: you going to finally decide game of the year? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: that's going to be the uh, case that they give us.
0: He, he records a famous video game podcast, so they're not going to have him on the case. Because uh, of the bias. That's right.
1: Goaty was the case that they gave me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, welcome to the show, everyone. This is the one that we record in the middle of the week where we talk about the video games that we've been playing. And if you've been following along the last three weeks, we've been talking about a very special game. That is near and dear to each and every one of our hearts, and that is the telltale's Game of Thrones action adventure story.
2: It's pretty good. Game, yeah, it's good. Yeah,
0: yeah. So today we are going to have a semi-spoiler-filled discussion—not super spoilery, but spoilery enough. Uh, I mean, not specifics, but anyway, we're going to talk about that and uh, about our feelings about Game of Thrones episode four, and uh, yeah, then we'll move on from there. But what do you guys? What do you guys think? What was your overall impressions first? Your first. How did it leave you at the very
2: end? So this is episode four, Sons of Winter, and I have no idea why it's called that. Any of these names for these episodes, I I don't know why. Uh, I don't know, cause they, you know, they're on the other just, side of the wall. Just the and names there's wintry coldness, and
1: they, I guess they had to name it something, right? Cause. When they sell these individuals.
2: I always mm-hmm. get confused, though, because when you're loading up the episodes, they have this flavor text, and I'm like, oh, the name of the episode is Are You Afraid of the Dead? But that's not yeah. true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the name of the
1: episode is When You Play the Game of Thrones, You Yeah, you exactly.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, and it's got the White Walkers and
1: that one picture that's, yeah.
2: So <laughs> we, we decided to load up our, our choices, so Telltale keeps track of the choices, both uh, the main choices in the game, but then they also have on their website sort of the extra secret choices, and I think we decided for the most part that we we were fairly in the in the middle of of most of these, I think. Um and and I feel like that kind of characterizes this episode. I feel like of the episodes that we've played so far, this is probably the most middling.
1: Uh yeah, that that sounds fair to I... me. I, it seemed uh, it seemed a little bit less eventful, but I did really like a couple of the sequences toward the end. Do tell. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Uh so I think my favorite was actually the one where you're playing as Mira and you're at the coronation party for yep. uh, for King Tommen. and there are um several groups of uh, of people there are pairs of people or small groups of people around that you can sort of eavesdrop on or then approach and um you know participate have a conversation with and the whole objective um of, of going there is uh, what, what is it? I think it's just to kind of find, she has to find out who
2: is working with the white Hills. So some, the white Hills are sending a bunch of money and they, and she's
1: trying to find out who, Right. Was it just me, or did we already know that? Because I I, I, I I, knew that going in. They right? had said that they were merchants that were working on behalf of the White Hills. Because uh, yeah.
2: there were a pair of the guys. Uh, Lord Ar- exactly. Argyle and someone or other. Marbury and whatever. <laughs> Andros, <laughs> Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, so you do find out that, that one of them, in fact, the guy who you kind of make the deal with in the previous episode, he's out now. The, the other guy has sort of taken over. So... Uh, I wonder if did, did you guys happen to talk to him because he was the one who said if you made Tyrion's um, decree about about your exclusivity, if, if you destroyed that, he would make a good deal for you. did you guys? because I know both of you guys said he, that you destroyed that. He,
0: uh, yeah. he said that he uh, I, I did not destroy it by the way. And oh oh okay.
2: He, he, uh,
0: I talked to him and he said that he was getting out of it or something.
2: Right. Yeah, like he like his circumstances had changed, so now it didn't matter anymore. Yeah, but he was still trying to be your bro, and so he kind of wheeled some. In. Yeah,
0: the, I really like that sequence as well, just because it there was a lot of story, uh, and a lot of story that you know happened to be going on with the main conflict between the foresters and you know whatever else. But also there was uh, just a lot of little side pieces. There's a lot of little characters that were introduced, and you know the sequences with Sarah and her boyfriend and. Um, that type of stuff, so i I thought that that was just getting all that dialogue was you know obviously we all know that the strong point of telltale's games are their story telling their character building, and not their action sequences um so uh, yeah,
2: according to according to telltale, I and eighty eight percent kept sarah 's secret from Lord Tarwick, her boyfriend. How did you so guys I, did yep. you? Same thing. Uh, I, yeah,
1: I did the same. I, I think well. I
2: was kind of most worried about that. Like, that's going to that's gonna come back on me somehow.
1: Well, th-
0: the funny thing is, is she had just barely got done distracting Mar- Marjorie from you, right? And right, so, so you owe
2: her. Yeah, that's how, I, that's how I feel. I'm like, oh, I better not betray her. And I figure, she's... like, she's going to have to f- own up to it at some point, or something's going to happen. I don't know. I don't know. She, she's going to get strangled on her wedding night, basically, is what's going to happen. <laughs> um so uh, apart from that, there was the uh, the little journey beyond the wall. Apparently, uh, here is a, a divergence here because you can have uh, up to two other companions. Uh, co- uh, what are, what are the two guys' Cotter, names? Cotter, Cotter and Finn. Finn. And uh, some some of us, I guess, didn't have Finn along at all, right? I didn't have Finn at all.
1: Uh, no, I, I definitely did. Uh, I didn't. That's weird. I didn't know you could. There was a way that you could not have him. Yeah, he is
0: he's not involved in my storyline anymore. He well, he he was left behind. So. So, I'm curious as to how this all plays out. Because at the beginning, you're in jail and you escape.
2: Right. Um, as Garrett on, on, how did on you, Castle Black. I
0: didn't even run into Finn. Like I didn't even see him at all after that. I mean, there was the whole part where he was angry with me and he lied and told the master at arms that I was, you know, that I did murder that dude. Which wasn't true, of course. And then uh, I was in jail. Then I left and I escaped and I never even ran into Finn. So, you guys ran into him and then had to do what? Like, I... Explain to me why. Yeah,
1: on on the way out, um, like I, I had just snuck under the cart or something and, and dodged Coldfinger. Uh, cold finger. What's that guy's name? I don't know. I, I think it might have just um, been some random dude walking around. Some random dude. Uh, he was like looking down and I dodged his gaze. Um, and then, yeah, just kind of like out of nowhere, Finn is there. And um, at first it looks like it's going to be somebody else. But no, it's just Finn. And then he's like, well, you, you can't go without me. And then y'all go. <laughs> I, I kind of get the weird. feeling that Finn might
2: be one of those sort of red herring expendable characters. Um, I'm just wa- I'm just waiting. I, you know, sometimes well, when a scene be... starts, and you're just like, that dude's dead. Well, if if I don't have him, then he can't play into the grand scheme of it, right? I mean, I guess I mean, he I guess he could survive. But you know what? It sort of reminds me of is in the original Telltale Walking Dead, there was that character Ben. Do you guys remember that kid? Yep. And uh it was sort of like how long are you gonna yeah. keep this kid alive? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I remember him. He <laughs> was like the, the dude that like it was let so and so die or whatever and Yeah, and then he's like and... he's like really broken up about it for the rest of the game. Yeah.
1: Actually Kenny uh didn't like Kenny apparently died like defending him or something. Uh
2: yeah, I think it depends because he's one who where the two those characters kind of like he he always really wanted to to get him for something or other and yeah. So I one thing that I didn't like and I I don't I don't really care for the stuff with Garrod up
0: at the wall in the North Forest and all that stuff. I really don't care about that part of it. Um, I, I think that the way that it played out was kind of didn't fit as well for me in the Game of Thrones. Um, and I, I just don't I don't particularly. I'm not that's that's, that's like not my favorite part of. Of these games so far, that's like my least
2: favorite. I, I can of sort of thing. see how everybody else is factoring into this, and I know Garrett is supposed to be doing something with this North Forest, and it's like an extra special place to get Ironwood, I suppose. But I think he right now is sort of the least attached. I mean, even, even Asher, you know, in Essos, um, kind of you know helping Daenerys storm that that city of slaves, um, Marine, yeah, Marine, and you can sort of see like he's he's going to eventually come back with with some badass the cell swords.
1: yeah exactly well hope, hopefully right oh so that his um little section at the end of this episode was the other one that i really liked um, yes i agree it was it was almost as if you were playing a assassin's real game? creed <laughs> it was
2: like touch-based assassin's creed for me it's like jump down off on this guy you were and...
0: touching and dragging your finger up like a boss weren't you heck yeah
1: <laughs> heck yeah Oh, but one thing that I thought was weird and tell me if this happened to you guys. So there was two guys that you had to well the way that I went there were two guys on the wall that I was supposed to shoot with a crossbow, right? Uh-huh. So I shot the first one and then the it reminded me of Metal Gear because like I shot one guy and then the other guy was like Who? a little bit alert but like, not <laughs> enough to notice <laughs> that. Yeah. And so so he like turns around and I'm like waiting for him to turn back the other way so I can shoot him uh-huh. but then Beska like shot him immediately and was like well, you could Good have one. sucked because you missed. And It's like, well, I didn't miss. I just, I didn't even shoot.
0: That exact same thing happened to me, and I was like, I better not pop my head up. Cause the arrow was up there where you could pop up. Yeah, yeah. But, but looked, I'm like, I better not because that guy's looking at me. Yeah.
2: I went up there and took those guys out by hand. So oh, wow. I don't know. I let uh, I let the other dude do all of that, but I made sure to close the window so nobody came out. So he survived too. Did did uh, I got the feeling that he was a character who could have died there? The the one eyed dude. You're he your... survived with me. Oh, yeah. he, got in,
0: he got injured but survived. Yeah. What's his
2: name? Uh, it starts with uh, a C. I can't think of it. Uh, Colt. So, yeah, uh, Colt, something like that. Or, I don't know. Um, so, so that was really good. That was a lot of fun. I knew at the end that the rope was going to get cut, and that's how we were going to stop that. few. I just knew that. I could <laughs> see it coming from a mile away. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then um, Roderick. So that that was the other thing. Ro- Roderick's story... Um, so I think you guys both... Did you, you both got the the marriage proposal? Or did one of you no, not? I failed it. No, you failed it? I did. So we still get the soldiers eventually, because they come back, and they're like, okay, now... Now these White Hills, they, they're going to sell off the daughter to, you know, she's going to marry Griff. Right. But no, she doesn't want to do that. So they're like, we brought a bunch of soldiers. So you, you kind of get the soldiers anyway. I chose to leave those guys behind at the key. I took them with me. And when we got back, everybody was kind of gone anyway. Right. So... Um, I,
0: I took them with me. And then the whole scene happens where you confront White Hill in, the, in like, the Great Hall or whatever, mm-hmm. in what, High Point. And uh, there was a part that was very, very tense, and everyone was pointing. And my my bow guys were pointing arrows at everybody, and it was like, now what do you do? And, yeah, did
1: you, you? What did did you call his bluff, or did you give in, or like what? The First what time I go- attacked. <laughs> uh oh.
0: And my oh, arrow, God. my arrow guy shot Lord Whitehill through the throat. Awesome. And then uh, that is awesome. Other I people I died, that. and then the the one dude's brother got an arrow in the eye. And then I got shot a couple times. My mom got shot, and everyone died, and I lost. And it like, jeez, it kicked, it kicked me out. It was like Valor Morgulus. Valor Morgulus like, for sure on that one. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and then it and then it started back up again. And then I had to redo it again. So, so
1: is the only way to him. do it is to actually is to call his bluff, or is there another way? That's the way I did it. Uh, I, I didn't know.
2: I didn't call his bluff. I actually took his deal. He had he he took out Ryan, the little kid, and he was gonna mm-hmm. kill him. Right? Did, did you guys get that? I called his bluff. Though. Yeah, that's he when you called his bluff. No, I, I gave him the deal. I'm like, you know what? Let's just get this kid out of here, and then we can do whatever we want. So, But it didn't really make a difference. I'm sure it sort of goes the same way anyway. I, I think, yeah, I sure. think Roderick's,
0: Roderick's part and Mira's part are my favorite parts. I, I really like Roderick's stuff, and I like being that lordly guy. Uh, I, I like that feeling, even though he is crippled at this point. But I, I really like standing up to these bad guys. And I know... I mean, there's it, kind of a, I'm kind of playing both sides I'm kind of playing the story to one degree where I want to choose what I think would happen in the story. The other part of me knows it's a game, so I'm just kind of being a you know I know it's a telltale game, so I know generally speaking the end's gonna be the same type of result, yeah, uh, so I've been kind of being a little gruff with him because i I want to first of all, but second of all, I know that ultimately.
1: It's just going to be well, a I, Let me ask you about your you Asher and his relationship with, with Beska. Like, how are you generally treating I, her? I was just
2: going to bring that up. So uh, with, that's how I play Asher. I play Asher like I don't even care. So there's a point at which... So she has issues because she was a slave in this city. Yeah. That's right. why she's freaking out and... Uh, you know, she she, she eventually breaks off and goes to kill her master. So I don't know. So that right. seems like it was a choice that you could have taken or not. I don't. I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah, I
1: prevented so, her from killing the master.
2: I I killed the master. I killed him too. I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna do. I'm gonna end this right now. Let's get going. I killed that dude, and yep. so that made everybody mad. And I'm like, you know what? I know. Who cares? <laughs> he was like, he was it's like, don't
0: do it. It's like, don't kill her. I'll kill you. And I'm like, it's like you know stop her or stop him right and i was so, like fine like, no, see, i, I, I,
1: I just, just did it exactly i told her I, I, something like you know daenerys told us not to do this or whatever and and that uh, she came to her senses then and we just left
2: i kind of so. feel bad about beshka because <laughs> in my story she got burned so i yep. i saved the uncle she got burned by the dragon yeah me too uh, i yeah, killed same. her her slave master so she's kind of bummed out about that i yeah. stopped her from drinking so i i really wanted i, I, I let her drink I yeah, me agree. too. At the very beginning, I was like, you know what? She's going to be the one to lead this army because I'm going to be too timid or whatever. But now I'm like taking away everything that she's got. I, I don't <laughs> think she's long for this world either. I think I've I think I've sort of abused her a little too much. So nice. Uh, but hmm. so generally speaking, I, I think we got through it. Uh, but I don't think it. It's probably my least favorite of the episodes so far. Uh, I, I think it had its strong moments, but it also had
0: its weird parts. And again, like that north north of the wall stuff is just. The weird part to me that I don't—I'm like kind works. of interested
2: yeah. about that. I don't have any experience with the wildlings or any of that, so this is really kind of my first opportunity. To, oh, okay, to see what's going on back there. So, and, and, I do yeah. kind of like
1: um, what's his name's sister at the end, though.
2: Cotter's sister. Oh yeah,
1: okay. yeah, she was I, all right.
2: Yeah, she's be...
0: gonna take us to the North Grove. I'm like, why? Oh, I'm like, okay, I
1: guess. She's got really uh, weird, like white hair. I was just kind of wondering about that.
2: I, I wondered if there was some family resemblance, or if that's just because she's been living in the snow the whole time. I don't know. Yeah, maybe she's know. a White Walker.
1: So, oh, what about uh, briefly? Because I'm looking at the the extra choices that the Telltale site, um, which I, I signed up for here, by the way. Um, <laughs> nice, that, one like of us. There's like four additional choices, uh-huh. um, and uh, so let, let me just review those. Like, who did you bring to High Point? So, okay, we covered that. I took like, Duncan. Oh, oh no, no, we didn't. Uh, we just talked about the soldiers. I took Royland. Okay, yeah, I took Duncan also. Um, did you kiss elena yeah me. no i did not and i was
2: only 6.8 percent that did not go for it what was your reasoning there uh just because i wasn't sure if she was really interested she seems very businessy and i figured that if i started showing a lot of emotion at her again then it was going to be you know like that well that that whole part was i think i hope this will work out i mean she was coming back to kind of make up but we can we can make a we can make a friendly arrangement here there's
1: time for smooching later no nope no, you always take the smooch. Yeah, I probably. tried taking the smooch in the
2: last episode, and it did not go well. <laughs> so did I. <laughs> oh yeah.
1: Well, you don't always take the smooch, right? Of course. Uh, <laughs> did you kill the wildling food thief? No, um, no. I, I did not.
2: Yeah, pretty much any time you have the chance to show somebody mercy who might come back later, you let him go.
1: And how did you get Lyman Lannister to talk? Sympathy. Um, so I revealed his Lord I also, Andros's betrayal. I also revealed... Because I, I
0: don't out. like Lord Andros, so yeah, that
1: like, that's a dick. Yeah, screw <laughs> F him.
0: I warmed but up to him at, at the same time. You were also betraying the dude that told you the secret, right? Yeah, but not well, without he
1: didn't.
2: You didn't have to tell. So I I sort of warmed up to the guy, and then was like, oh, you know what? You should you should not let him bully you around anymore. So he eventually took off and was like, I hate you. Oh,
1: oh, huh, that's so, a good huh, way to do it too. Huh?
2: No, I just told him, and he's got angry with him, and then
0: told him off, and then white or that guy was just Andros was mad at me.
1: <laughs> After that, of course. You're is not there... afraid of a handmaiden are you? Yeah. Is is exactly there any way for like Marjorie to come and shout at you or something during that scene? Maybe if you didn't treat Sarah
2: right, because she came up and intercepted her. So if you right maybe did uh, something okay. different, I, I I doubt it. It sounds like it's the kind of thing where you have to be able to talk to Lannister, so. right? Okay. Well, she could have. I don't know. Yeah, just a giving point. you a, I mean I I didn't nasty. I didn't have Finn, right?
0: So because I didn't treat him well, so I would imagine there could be a possibility, I don't know. So,
2: we'll re-reassess here on uh chapter 5, next week a nest of vipers.
1: I liked 4. I th- I think I'm liking it more and more as it goes on. Um yeah.
2: I, I sort of looked at episode four as sort of setting up a bunch of stuff and it, and it had some good action. a few things happened, but I, I felt like the events of previous episodes were more momentous and that that's okay. you know it doesn't True. I don't it doesn't have to escalate every single time. It's, but it's
0: kind of it's kind of set up at this point to kind of steamroll now through five and then finale it up. Yeah. In six.
2: Right? I am really looking forward to it though to see see how this turns out.
0: Cool. We'll join us next week. We'll uh, cover up through episode episode
2: five and uh, yeah, it'll be a good time. So we have a little more crossover this week. Uh, Legrand and I have both been playing Star Wars Battlefront, right? Yep. I picked it up on
0: PC, and uh, Jeremy chose poorly, especially since he just bought a new computer. I Actually, <laughs>
2: here's my rationale. So I, I chose the free version because with a subscription or a trial access to EA Access, their game subscription on Xbox One, you can play up to 10 hours of Star Wars Battlefront at $0 of cost. Did you? So you haven't bought it? You I just have not played... purchased it. Nope. I've just been playing it. Free ride. Mm, I see. Free I ride. See, I see.
0: I've played maybe six hours or so. All right. That's not bad. It came out yesterday, so that's quite a bit. Good, good for day played, one. I played Monday night because it came out at 10 p.m. I played Monday night for like three or four hours, and then last night I played for another three hours or so. So I'm,
2: I'm curious what changed your mind because I know you were not super hot on this.
0: Uh, I... I have, I mean, there was like eight of us online on Monday playing it, so it was kind of a more of a social thing. I wanted to play with everybody, um, and generally speaking, shooters are a game that I don't like playing by myself, and so everyone was together, and we had like eight people. We had a full squad of people for some of the modes to uh, group up, and we're all on voice chat and all that. So that's kind of what changed my mind is
2: everyone was playing it, and I wanted to play it, and I, so I, I just got it. I don't know. They, they can fit a lot of people into these maps So let's talk about what's the difference Because we did talk about this a little bit uh, During the, the beta that they did pre-release um, well, Let's talk uh-huh. a little bit about how this is different So number one um, There are a ton of game modes
0: there,
2: there are a ton of game modes
0: But there are not a lot of maps if that makes sense,
2: you know, I, I've yeah, I find that it seems to me like they segment off the different areas. So there's primarily right. what five terrain modes. Four. There's ter- four. Four there's terrain four ter- four modes. Ter- four so, terrain. So, modes. so there's uh, the forest mood of Endor. There's uh-huh. uh, Sullust, the the uh, volcanic planet. There's, there's Hoth. Hoth, and then Tatooine. Tatooine. Yeah. and uh, lots of different types of things. So they have uh, Supremacy mode. where are up to 40 players in one map, which is basically just a... So, supremacy is the control point where you have to move along. There's like a
0: five control points, and you're kind of doing a tug-of-war between them. That's Supremacy.
2: Yeah. Uh,
0: that, that is my favorite mode. That is the one I enjoyed the most, not because of the lots of people, but I, it just seemed um, kind of more cut and dry of what I was supposed to be doing. Yeah. I liked it.
2: Yeah. yeah, they have uh, cargo mode, which is kind of like capture the flag. Uh, droid run, which is kind of like mobile capture the flag, I guess, with little. I, I never played. Mo- I never played droid run. Yeah, I, I played that one, um, and you, it's. It's basically like Capture the Flag, except you just have to chase these little droids around. And It uh, seems can... like
0: one that people are, aren't going to play in, like, two weeks. Uh,
2: well, you know, I've found that in all of these modes, it seems like it's been pretty easy to get... It. I mean, of course, like you said, it's the first or second day, but right. um, you get into stuff pretty quickly. There's not a lot of not a lot of downtime so far in this. Uh, Walker Assault, which I was super impressed with. And I have to say, Hoth, I think I was sort of like, yeah, you know, like, okay, it's Hoth again. Um, I was really impressed. I played a Walker Assault mode on Endor, and that's where I kind of realized, like, wow, this this is pretty cool because Hoth in general is kind of, you know, it's there's not a lot of um, material. I mean, there's not a lot of stuff going on. It's like snow and maybe some caves and stuff. But I played a Walker Assault in Endor, and it's like trees are crashing down, and there's a lot of alternate routes, and you can't always see very far in front of you. Um, you know, that was. Something that was, you know, really pretty cool to me. And uh, so then there's also Blast Mode, Team Deathmatch. So uh, sorry, go ahead.
0: I, I have a very, very different opinion of Endor than you. Okay, tell me more. Um, I found Endor to be the prettiest of the maps. I mean, it's really, really cool. They really captured what Endor looks like from the movies. Um and it looks amazing, and the the speeder bikes are there, and it's cool, and the ATATs walking around are awesome. But as a multiplayer map, a competitive map it I really didn't like it was too chaotic for me it was you could never spawn and then know hey this is right where I am in this map and this is where I need to go it was always like okay well there's a ton of trees around me there's not really any landmarks I can see so I I know I need to go this way because there's a marker on my map so I'm going to run that direction Um. it, it always felt like there was no way to determine okay there might be people around this corner like there was no way to kind of be safe in that mode unless you were just standing still or hiding or anything else like that There was no way to predict what was going to
2: happen or to it was just way too chaotic for for my liking as far as a multiplayer yeah and and i can see that i mean the, the flip side of it though is that the the map is pretty well telegraphed as far as routes like little paths and things you can take you can go through logs and you know a ewok uh Gang planks and things like that, and uh, and then there's always cover too. So if you get if you start getting shot from out of nowhere, there are always plenty of things to duck behind or or uh, you know little gullies to to jump down into. Um, I, I can see what you're saying though. I mean it is it's a lot of trees. It, it just seemed like when when you play like a multiplayer mode on
0: any other any other multiplayer game shooter game, there's always especially like a team deathmatch is an example. So there always seems to be regardless of the map, and or there's always a front. So you have your enemy team over here, your team's over here, the spawns are working properly, and there's a, a clear, not clear, but you can tell where here's the front line where if I try to run across this line without being careful, I'm going to get shot. I have to kind of, you know, take it careful and kind of move around and maneuver myself and use tactics to kind of get behind people and take advantage and kind of progress the game. With Endor, I never felt like that there was a clear division of, hey, here's where the action here's where the front lines are of this map it was always like it always seemed like there was people behind me all the time for some reason there were people to the sides of me and i never knew where to expect my enemies to come from because the map is so poorly laid out as a as a competitive multiplayer map it's just and and, and not laid out but designed based on all the trees and the lack of landmarks and the lack of knowing exactly where you need to go on a hoth for example it's it's easy to tell right when you spawn you can look up and say oh well there's There's the whatever. There's the shield generator. There's this. There's the cave I just died in. So I know exactly where to go. And same with, to a degree, the other two maps, Tatooine and the other one, were all... And probably because they're more open. And that's why I say the Endor looks amazing. It's just playing it, it was my least favorite of the four types of maps.
2: I think that's fair. I mean, I have found very few multiplayer games like this in general have... The only game where I really felt strongly about having a unified front was like Killzone where you move so slowly all the time that you have no choice but to form a front with, with your teammates. But it may just be you know familiarity with the map. I mean, I played it a few times and eventually got my bearings, but I, I feel sort of equally lost in all of these maps for the most part. Uh, except for little micro areas. Uh, a couple of other modes, uh, drop zone, uh, getting escape pods, uh, heroes versus villains, and hero hunt, which was the only chance that I had to actually play as hero characters. So you can <laughs> randomly be assigned hero characters in any of these modes, I think. Well, almost any of these modes. You, you have to find the pickups. Y- correct, correct. Or that's the same thing for, like, star uh, starfighters and, and things like that. But in hero hunt mode, you actually have a pretty good, over the course of, you know, best of five, or I'm sorry, first first team to get five matches wins, um, and you could be assigned one of three hero slots. Uh, I was Boba Fett every time, every single damn time, uh, but I did get to try that out. And, uh, you know, it's pretty much just like y- y- you've seen. Um, you get phenomenal cosmic powers, but you are a huge target. So you right. may or may not live long depending on how well you can play that character. Uh, but that was that was pretty fun, too. Um, generally, generally speaking, my impression of Battlefront has been pretty favorable. Um, and this is coming from the background of somebody who didn't really play a lot of Battlefield. Uh, I know that one of the primary complaints for this is that it is unsophisticated or it doesn't have a lot of, uh, you know, I, I, I don't even know what, prestiging or, or whatever. <laughs> uh, basically, with this, I mean, you do progress to unlock stuff, unlock things for your card slots you know, your three ad- additional slots um, and, and then you also have to get experience points to unlock or, or money to unlock other weapons which is kind of a bummer, I mean in, in some sense, I guess that's something that a lot of these games do is you have to play in order to unlock more in order to get better um, so, you know, I, I don't particularly like that but I do appreciate the fact that there's not a lot of you don't have to deal with character classes, you don't have to deal with a lot of the extra accoutrements, I mean it really is a Wait, fairly... no
1: character classes? No, yeah.
2: no, it's everybody's just everybody's just the same dude. Yeah, I mean, it's basically it's, the thing that differentiates you are your your extra loadouts. You know, your extra and and the equipments. weapon you equip and, and the weapon that you equip. Yeah, so there's like heavy weapons or or lighter weapons or a one shot blaster or you know Persons. rifles or whatever. Um, but but you don't have to worry about any of that extra stuff. And I I feel like that's very true to some of the previous Battlefront games that I played a lot. It's very straightforward for the most part and and it really just depends on what kind of mode you want to play one other mode that i do want to mention that actually isn't in the list i was looking at is the um the dogfight mode the star starfighter mode um which fighter fighter squadron mode is what they call it which is basically just like if you ever played rogue leader or rogue squadron the old games where it's sort of an arcade flight ish simulator kind of game. It's basically that, and they do the same thing that Titanfall does, where some number of the ships that you're playing against are AI-controlled, and then you have actual real people who are also flying some of the ships, so there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, I haven't noticed any technical hitches on any of this, so again, playing on the Xbox One version, which by all accounts, I think, has been the least... Technically adept. I've heard of you know lost frames and screen tearing and things like that. Uh, I haven't noticed any of that. And all of this stuff. I mean, even in Endor, where they have a lot of uh, destructible environments and, and things like that, I haven't really noticed any performance drops. I mean, it seems like we're getting all of this cool stuff and giving up very little. I mean, it's it's an incredible looking.
0: game. It looks fantastic. And it, as far as the Star Wars goes, game goes, they've nailed what Star Wars should feel like. And it it looks uh, cool. It sounds amazing. And
2: it also runs really well on my computer. It's, I mean, and I'm surprised, quite, quite honestly. <laughs> and even like the postures of the characters, like any you get shot with, you know, the Han Solo blaster, like someone's standing there, and it looks like somebody from some movie. That's, you, you know, it, I mean, it, just a lot of the things, the way that the characters are, are rigged and framed and modeled, uh, it just looks very good. the The only thing that bugs me a little bit, and and I think we actually talked about this um, recently, and I can't remember, I can't remember if we were talking about it with Game of Thrones, but where the lines of dialogue that the characters in Battlefront say are like the lines of dialogue from a movie and you're like, yeah, okay, that's a little too on the nose or, um, you know, like we're in these same, same scenarios all the time and, you know, I, I don't know. That, that, that bugs me a little bit that they can't branch out but again, I think you have to kind of walk that tightrope of how much of the Star Wars music are you going to use over and over again but still you yeah. want it to feel like Star Wars kind of thing.
1: Which Battlefield do you think this is most like? Because it sounds to me like something kind of lightweight, like Battlefield 1943, that uh, one, if you remember that one.
0: It's it's more than that. I, I think as you progress and you start unlocking more and more of those cards, there's definitely a lot of customization where, I mean, that's that's kind of what you – you think that there's not, but if you actually look at all the options, there's quite a bit of things to do. Um,
2: as far as making a mix of them, you have a lot of options, but you don't have to worry about a lot of the extra. The thing is is that they say that there's no customization, but at the end of you
0: find these power ups that you can pick up on the map, will give you a rocket and you can use the rocket on whatever you want. And then you can also equip like I have a sniper rifle equipped that I can just use every 15 seconds. So I play as a normal assault class, but then if I do need to pull it out and shoot somebody from a long ways away, I can just do it. And it's
1: on a cooldown? Um,
0: and that's a choice I've made. It's on a cooldown. Hmm. It's not like a 15-second cooldown, so one shot per 15 seconds. Hmm. Um, and then my buddy, instead, he doesn't play a sniper rifle. He just has two grenades equipped so that he does he can always have a grenade to use all the time, um, which has, has its benefits. And there's different types of grenades. And um, I, I think that it gets a little bit more varied, and I think that we'll see... Ultimately, people falling into a really, really specific class that is really, really good. And you'll find your snipers that are going to equip their long-range weapons with their sniper rifles. And their different star cards, they're going to give them their little powers and things like that. Um, but uh, I don't know what Battlefield I would compare it to. It's definitely not... It is, Even though it's made by DICE and it's, it's a shooter and it's really, so it's really well done. Thing. It doesn't feel like a Battlefield game. Um, aside from the game modes being somewhat similar... Um, I don't get the feel of that. It, it, it's it's not a twitch shooter. Like I, I never like I can run across an open field with ten guys on the other side of it and not get killed because it's not that type of precision shooter. It's more of a slower paced methodical. Game, do
1: you think it's meant to be accessible to a, a large Star Wars? Oh, for sure, fan audience? absolutely, yeah, yeah, definitely.
2: And you know, to LeGrand's point too about being able to run across. It's just like, like it feels like with these the blaster bolts, you know, going crossways in front of you. It feels like, like you know, in Cloud City or something like that, and everyone's just shooting and nobody gets hit. you have those moments like that too, where you're like, I'm just gonna book it. I'm gonna run across this, and you see the red lasers like going in front of you and behind you, and you might get you might get clipped once or twice, but. There are just a lot of things, either intentionally or unintentionally, that feel very true to the material. My my biggest complaint about this game comes from within me and my weird nerd brain, where I really hate technical inconsistencies, and I don't feel like Star Destroyers would be flying around inside a planetary atmosphere, and, you know what, the TIE Interceptor is only shooting two lasers out of the front instead of four out of the wingtips, like it did in X-Wing. Uh, I, stuff like that, like, just really stupid stuff, but if I could just chill out and enjoy it, uh, it really is a lot of fun, and there's always a lot going on, I mean, there's a lot of, even, even when you know, you have the, the rock, paper, scissors, there's always, you know, Lizard and Spock out in the, in, in you know, the rock, paper, scissors, Lizard, Spock, right, you guys? Mm-hmm. uh uh-huh. <laughs> of course gun. Yeah, gun yeah exactly lava lava beats everything there's always something like that waiting out in the wings to change up the formula and I think it keeps things really dynamic so it's been a lot of fun.
1: so lastly is this canon definitely uh, absolutely sure. yes
2: it is canon uh, Luke Skywalker kills the Emperor uh, who was uh, the Emperor sucked... fights on the battlefields of Hoth and Endor exactly okay. I don't remember we'll
1: just... that from the movie but I'll, I'll take you it's the it it's the new yeah. canon
2: it's the yeah. new canon Jade, it's Abrams canon so <laughs> there we go Speaking of, uh, cannons, exactly. And that's exactly where I was going with it. (laughs) I don't know. Dale, you've been playing Fallout. Tell us about Fallout.
1: Yeah. Uh, so the thing about Fallout is that, um, it's, uh, it seems to be primarily concerned with being a, like, hoarder simulator. Um, I've heard the game has like Fallout games before it the the Bethesda ones particularly the the world is just littered with with trash and and junk and um you know the same 50 items that you see like a, a thousand times throughout the world uh and where previously you could basically ignore them and and you can you could still ignore them um now you are You know, under uh, a compulsion spell, basically, to go around and just pick up every piece of junk there is because all of it feeds into the, uh, you know, base building and uh, weapon and armor modification sort of subsystems in the game. Um, And so if you're going through, you know, some blown out apartment block in uh, the remains of Boston and you're not picking up every little like uh, coffee cup or um, hot plate or, uh, you know, tennis ball or whatever it is that you happen to find, um, you're going to be thinking in the back of your head, you're going to be like, well, what if that has, you know, that seventh piece of rubber that I need for the, uh, you know, red dot site for my shotgun or whatever. If you, if you ain't um,
2: hoarding, you already behind.
1: Exactly. Um, so I I find that... You know, sometimes people people like to say that um, a lot of games these days are built in such a way that they take advantage of our sort of natural instinct to um, hoard things, <laughs> or to uh, you know push the the button for the Pavlov and dog, um, you know thing or whatever. Uh, I and I think that maybe Bethesda sort of hit on that with this game in a way that m- can potentially be um, detrimental to the play experience for players, for some players. Uh, compulsive probably, players. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I'm generally not a compulsive player like that. I can generally um, ignore stuff like that. But even I'm just sort of like, I feel like a little bit of a twitch, you know, <laughs> and with the way that this game is set up. So in the first, like, because uh, I think I've put about 15 or 17 hours into the game now. And, um, much of that has been spent sort of, you know, like dilly dallying around in the first kind of, um, you know, sanctuary hills uh, is the area where you start out. And then from there you go to the, uh, the red rocket gas station or whatever, and, and then Concord and you, you meet up with, um, this group of people who that you then go back to, um, sanctuary with and sort of like, that's your, your base that you start out with. And from there, you you need to, the the next thing you need to do to progress the story is to go to this place called Diamond City. And um, that's kind of like, you know, three quarters of the way across the map or, or halfway across the map. It's more toward the center of the map, right? And all you got to do is go there and, you know, pick up the, the next quest thread. Uh, but of course, with these games, like every 50 feet, there's like some new site to uncover and something else going on there. And I spent more time Um, almost, you know, like, cause I, I almost felt like a duty to like fully explore everything that I came across and grab like every little stupid piece of junk. Um, and and finally I just had to, to say, you know what? No more of this. I'm just going to go. I mean, I'm supposed to be on a quest to like find my baby here, right? (laughs) Like why am I, why am I picking up all these like vacuum cleaner parts and just trash? Um, um, so I don't know. It's that's that system is kind of, you know, getting in the way. I think for me at this at this moment, so I'm trying to to do my best now to ignore it. Um, I was
2: gonna say, so can you just opt out of that?
1: You can, I think. Uh, well, it's it's so that's the thing. It's hard to tell at at this time, like how crucial the things it makes available are later on in the game, right? So, I, as far as I know, the only thing you can really take advantage of by building your settlements out other than just the, you know, uh, satisfaction that comes with having a, a bunch of nice big settlements is that those guys kind of like an assassin brotherhood or something can be called into action, uh, to fight on your behalf, presumably at like harder missions later in the game. Um, But the way that these games are typically set up is that nothing is really that hard. (laughs) So I I doubt I would ever really need to call on them. Uh, The other thing that a lot of this junk can be put to use doing is to um, enhance the weapons and armor that you come across in the world. So basically anything that's worth wearing to begin with, you can take to a workbench and soup up in some way or another. Um, And it, it remains to be seen whether you can get by on stuff that you find throughout the world... Um, or if you really do need to be tinkering and switching things up, um, I suspect that you can get through the game just fine on what you scavenge, uh, and by scavenge, I mean like pull a hole off of a a dead body or a shelf somewhere and, and not have to actually go and, and build things yourself, um. But it is kind of cool to actually to like take a like stock piece of you know shin armor and um, take it to the bench and be able to say like well I can either make it lighter or I can make it thicker or I can make it um, less metallic so that I take less energy damage or I can you know I can do this or that and the other thing, um, so it's almost a shame to not tinker around with those systems at all. I think I have to find a kind of happy medium, um, and the game does actually give you one kind of cool UI option so like if there's something you want to build and you're missing a key component like you know rubber or something what you can do is you can tell the game to flag any piece of junk in the world that contains rubber with a little icon next to the the line stating what the thing is right so so that way you can like go through a whole building and only pick up the things that contain rubber so it'll be like alarm clocks contain it but um, you know uh, something else does not and so you don't pick up that thing but you only pick up the things that are that have a little icon next to them that's in game or is
2: that like a mod
1: that's in game that's that's not a mod What's the
2: rationale for that i mean um (laughs) just to help you out i think it's just yeah
1: it's (laughs) i don't think they go too far in trying to justify why you should purify i heard heard someone else talking
0: about that is that that's actually a mod or that's not part of the game itself
1: no, it's, it's to part something? of the game.
0: Yeah, it's, oh, okay. no. Okay. no it's, I, I said it's, a, other...
1: it's a function that's built right in. So all you have to do is like um, to, to make this happen is you, you go into the menu of something that you can't build because you don't have all the ingredients and you just click – I think it's just click the left button, the length bumper rather on my uh, 360 controller. And what that does is that now um, whatever components that you're missing um, – Anytime you find that component out in the world, or not that component, but like something that contains it out in the world, that little, that, you know, ball, um, uh, inflatable ball, now has a little magnifying glass icon next to it, indicating that you um, should be, that you are searching for something that it contains. Right. Um, you,
0: you know, I, I think that just speaking generally about Bethesda games, like a Skyrim or even the other Fallout games, it seems like... Um, they're built with so many systems, like the crafting system, the the building your, your shelter system, the, just the main storyline, the exploration and the the combat. And there's so many things that go into making this game and they're all done pretty well, I guess. (laughs) I mean, some are better than others, of course, but it's kind of up to the player to decide what do I want out of this game that has all these incredible systems. And, and I think that you can kind of pick and choose when I played through Fallout three, um, I did everything. and I, I put in a really high emphasis on expo- exploring and doing everything that I could do with that, but I didn't really care for some of the crafting stuff. Yeah. You know, I didn't do any of that at all. And in this well, game, well, the way that at. they've kind of built out the crafting system, I really want to play with it and mess around with it for whatever reason. And so, well, like you said, it's kind of a balance. you got to kind of find a balance on how – it will A, how much time you have to invest in the game, and B – you know what do you want to get out of it, and what what is actually fun for you? Because you could lose it, you know, hundreds right. of hours in this game. Well, see
1: the see the the thing here is that they've put hooks into that stuff now, so that even where you could previously ignore it, now you're kind of thinking, well, maybe maybe there's something I'm losing, I'm missing out on something if I don't do this because, uh, you know, because because you know that whatever you find, you might be able to make it better if you mod it, you know, and usually I, I don't think the the modding stuff um, takes up a whole lot of ingredients, but uh, I think if you wanted to get into the whole base building thing, you would be really spending a lot of time scavenging for stuff, so yeah, it's just kind of a thing I'm going to have to find um, that equilibrium, uh, and for right now, I think I'm going to set that aside and just pursue the, the the main role-playing aspects of the game that I like.
0: Yeah, I think that I i will probably only play battlefront if i'm playing with my friends um and as soon as i wrap up starcraft 2 i think i'm going to take a stab at this and so i'll i'll have a little bit of uh you know feedback and we can kind of have a little
2: discussion about i think that'll be fun but uh, as i get more into it more time for hoarding hoarding never changes you know (laughs) what else never changes listeners the schedule for this podcast. Uh, this is the Game Bite Show. We come to you twice a week talking to you about the games that we've been playing, but also at the top of the week, we will come again to talk to you about the news, new releases, and a special topic of discussion. We look forward to seeing you then, of course. If you'd like to talk to us about any of the games that we've discussed on this episode or anything that you'd like to hear us talk about, you can reach out to us on Twitter. We can be reached as a group at Game Bytes Show, or you can find us individually. I am at Jeremy underscore Lamont. You can find me at Legrand.
1: And I'm at count underscore elm.
2: You can also find our stream buddy, Jared Redeye done at red underscore i. He will uh, periodically play some games and share with you the uh, fruits of our video game labors. Uh, this, re- uh, this past week we played Rocket League once again, uh, both of us on PC this time, since we had some trouble uh, getting the cross-platform stuff working. And uh, actually it turned out pretty well. Uh, I you know, kind of broke tradition there, and we actually uh, won a few games, which is kind of weird. Weird. Uh, yeah, it is nice. weird. If, if you'd like to see that, you can go to our website, gamebyteshow.com. You can see in the sidebar the Twitch streams. You can go to the Twitch archive. You can go to youtube.com slash gamebyteshow. Uh, but uh, definitely check out our website and uh, listen to some of our past episodes and let us know what you think. Make some comments there and, uh, you know, get in touch with us. Let us know what uh, what's going on in your life. Uh, until then, this has been your Game Bytes Show. We will see you next time. Thank you so much.
1: See ya. See ya.